Section 3 of Lucretia Borgia by Ferdinand Gregorius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Emily Maynard. Book 1, Chapter 3, Lucretia's First Home. Lucretia passed the first years of her childhood in her mother's house, which was on the Piazza Pizzo di Merlo, only a few steps from the Cardinal's Palace. The Ponte Quarter, to which it belonged, was one of the most populous of Rome, since it led to the Bridge of Sant'Angela and the Vatican. In it were to be found many merchants and the bankers from Florence, Genoa, and Siena, while numerous papal office-holders, as well as the most famous courtesans, dwelt there on the other hand the number of old noble families in ponte was not large perhaps because the orsini faction did not permit them to thrive there these powerful barons had resided in this quarter for a long time in their vast palace on monte giordano not far distant stood their old castle the torre di nona which had originally been part of the city walls on the tiber at this time it was a dungeon for prisoners of state and other unfortunates it is not difficult to imagine what Vanozza's house was, for the Roman dwelling of the Renaissance did not greatly differ from the ordinary house of the present day, which generally is gloomy and dark. Massive steps of cement led to the dwelling proper, which consisted of a principal salon and adjoining rooms with bare flagstone floors and ceilings of beams and painted wooden paneling. The walls of the rooms were whitewashed, and only in the wealthiest houses were they covered with tapestries, and in these only on festal occasions in the fifteenth century the walls of few houses were adorned with pictures and these usually consisted of only a few family portraits if vanozza decorated her salon with any likenesses that of cardinal rodrigo certainly must have been among the number there was likewise a shrine with relics and pictures of the saints and one of the madonna the lamp constantly burning before it heavy furniture great wide beds and canopies high brown wooden chairs elaborately carved upon which cushions were placed and massive tables with tops made of marble or bits of colored wood was ranged around the walls among the great chests there was one which stood out conspicuously in the salon and which contained the dowry of linen it was in such a chest the chest of his sister that the unfortunate stefano porcaro concealed himself when he endeavored to escape after his unsuccessful attempt to excite an uprising on the fifth of january fourteen fifty three his sister and another woman sat on the chest better to protect him but the officers pulled him out although we can only state what was then the fashion if Venazza had any taste for antiquities her salon must have been adorned with them at that time they were being collected with the greatest eagerness it was the period of the first excavations the soil of rome was daily giving up its treasures and from ostia tivoli and hadrian's villa from porto d'anzio and palestrina quantities of antiquities were being brought to the city if anotz and her husband did not share this passion with the other romans one would certainly not have looked in vain in her house for the cherished production of modern art cups and vases of marble and porphyry and the gold ornaments of the jewellers the most essential thing in every well-ordered roman house was above all else the credenza a great chest containing gold and silver table and drinking vessels and beautiful maiolica and care was taken always to display these articles at banquets and on other ceremonious occasions it is not likely that rodrigo's mistress possessed a library for private collections of books were at that time exceedingly rare in bourgeois houses a short time after this they were first made possible in rome by the invention of printing which was there carried on by germans Venazza's household doubtless was rich, but not magnificent. She must occasionally have had entertained the cardinal, as well as the friends of the family, and especially the confidants of the Borgias, the Spaniards Juan Lopez, Carranza, and Marades, and among the Romans, the Orsini, Porcari, Cesarini, and Barberini. The cardinal himself was an exceedingly abstemious man, but magnificent in everything which concerned the pomp and ceremonial of his position. 
the chief requirement of a cardinal of that day was to own a princely residence and to have a numerous household rodrigo borgia was one of the wealthiest princes of the church and he maintained the palace and pomp of a great noble his contemporary jacopo of volterra gave the following description of him about fourteen eighty six he is a man of an intellect capable of everything and of a great sense he is a ready speaker he is of an astute nature and has wonderful skill in conducting affairs he is enormously wealthy and the favor accorded him by numerous kings and princes lends him renown he occupies a beautiful and comfortable palace which he built between the bridge of sant'angela and the campo dei fiore his papal offices his numerous abbeys in italy and spain and his three bishoprics of valencia portus and carthage yield him a vast income and it is said that the office of vice-chancellor alone brings him in eight thousand gold florins his plate his pearls his stuffs embroidered with silk and gold and his books in every department of learning are very numerous and all are of a magnificent worthy of a king or pope i need not mention the innumerable bed hangings the trappings for his horses and similar things of gold silver and silk nor his magnificent wardrobe nor the vast amount of gold coin in his possession in fact it was believed that he possessed more gold and riches of every sort than all the cardinals together with the exception of one estutville cardinal rodrigo therefore was able to give his children the most brilliant education while he modestly maintained them as his nephews not until he himself had attained greatness could he bring them forth into the full light of day in fourteen eighty two he did not occupy his house in the ponte quarter perhaps because he was having it enlarged he spent more of his time in the palace which stefano nardini had finished in fourteen seventy five in the perioni quarter which is now known as the palazzo del governo vecchio rodrigo was living here in january fourteen eighty two as we learn from an instrument of the notary benimbene the marriage contract of gian andrea cesarini and girolama borgia a natural daughter of the same cardinal rodrigo this marriage was performed in the presence of the bride's father cardinal stefano nardini and gian battista savelli and the roman nobles virginius orsini giuliano cesarini and antonio porcaro the instrument of january fourteen eighty two is the earliest authentic document we possess regarding the family life of cardinal borgia in it he acknowledges himself to be the father of the quote, noble demoiselle hieronima and she is described as the sister of the quote, noble youth petrus lodovicus de borgia and of the infant johannes de borgia as these two plainly mentioned as the eldest sons were natural children it would have been improper to name their mother caesar also was passed by as he was a child of only six years girolama was still a minor being only thirteen years of age and her betrothed giovanni andrea had scarcely reached manhood he was a son of gabriello cesarini e godina colonna by this marriage the noble house of cesarini was brought into close relations with the borgia and later it derived great profit from the alliance their mutual friendship dated from the time of calixtus for it was the protonotary giorgio cesarini who on the death of that pope had helped rodrigo's brother don pedro luis when he was forced to flee from rome both Girolama and her youthful spouse died in 1483. Was she also a child of the mother of Lucretia and Caesar? We know not, but it is regarded as unlikely. Let us anticipate by saying that there is only a single authentic record which mentions Rodrigo's children and their mother together. This is the inscription on Vanazza's tomb in Santa Maria del Popolo in Rome, in which she is named as the mother of Caesar, Giovanni, Giuffre, and Lucretia, while no mention is made of their older brother, Don Pedro Luis, nor of their sister, Girolama. Rodrigo, moreover, had a third daughter named Isabella, who could not have been a child of Anazza. April 1, 1483, he married her to a Roman nobleman, Pier Giovanni Matuzzi of the Parioni Quarter. End of section 3